You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey, everybody. You're tuned in to Kapow, the pop cultured podcast. What's happening? My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. <laughs> I'm Seth. Keep the energy high, fellas. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's us. <laughs> It's April 2023 in Marietta, Ohio. We are living life to the fullest, podcasting on a Friday night. What are you up to? Uh, I'm up to uh, get done playing D&D. Come over here to podcast. Going to play some Dragon Age tomorrow. Mm. See, Go see Mario on Sunday. Dang. A full weekend. Yeah. I've been prepping for free comic book day coming up soon. Maybe. Ooh, I bought my Guardians of the Galaxy tickets already for that May weekend. 6th. May the sixth this year? That yeah. sounds about right. Do we have a do we have a list? Are we gonna do the thing where you talk about all the books in a in a future episode? The first <laughs> the first box arrived this week, so I got two more shipments or maybe Maybe three more shipments to go before I can get them all. Hmm. A, wo- a woman in the shop today said, are they going to do something fun for free comic day this year? Or are they just going to do the same old, same old? Who's they? Uh, me. Me. You? I am they. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'll have to check with them, man. But I, hope, <laughs> I, <hope laughs> with them. I don't know. You open up the back door and talk to the mannequin. <laughs> Good do anything that this year. Would, that would be a great bit. <laughs> Just have that damn mannequin sitting by that back door all the time. And when anybody asks you a question, <laughs> oh, let me check. <laughs> Just oh, put a Star Wars good. shirt on it. Like, yes. That's, that's, that's yeah. the bus. Uh, a little name oh, tag. Yeah. <laughs> Just as they. <sighs> Wonder what she wants. What's what's more fun than just coming to get some free comics, get your face know. painted or something? I don't know what more you can want out of life. Mm-mm. Are they gonna have a slide into the traffic? <laughs> <laughs> Is there gonna be some kind of game involving uh, a random shoe on the sidewalk? <laughs> yeah, there's gonna Cinderella finally finds that that no parking oh, yeah. shoe. <laughs> no parking shoe. <laughs> Oh, shoot. Stick around. We're going to talk a little bit of comics later in the episode, if you're into that. Yay. That's exciting. uh, We'll start with some television. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Live from New York, it's Saturday night! Marsha, Marsha, Marsha! Right, yo. Yo. Yo, come on, yo, man. I'm Prison Mike. You know why they call me Prison Mike? 
Beavis, please sit down. Are you threatening me? I am Cornholio. First sign of youngsters going wrong, you got to nip it in the bud. Nip it. And I'm sitting there with Woody, and uh, I say, I turn to him and I go, uh, boy, these pretzels are making me thirsty. Picture it. Sicily, 1939. What are you talking about, Willis? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? My neighbor. Good afternoon, everybody. Yeah! Ooh! I watch television. <laughs> I asked you. Two. I asked you uh, the other day. Um, I they just started season two of Yellow Jackets. Ooh. Listen to my voice and watch the light. Allow yourself to go back. No matter how difficult it gets. What do you see? Darkness. We brought it back with us. It's happening again, isn't it? We can feel it. We weren't alone out there. This isn't where we're supposed to be. Do not cry about this, Misty. Baby's crying. Kidnapping, cults, death. Your friendships are a little more complicated than most. On Showtime. Not to be confused with Yellowstone. No, but this is very Dale. This is very Riverdale. So this is the other Yellowdale. So uh, uh, I rewatched the first season. I went. I, you know, I didn't have Showtime. I didn't have Paramount Plus right now. But I was like, they just started their bundle. So I was like, okay, I got the bundle so I could watch Yellow Jackets. Watch first season again, and it made way more sense second time. Once I knew everything and knew everybody's motivations, I was like, oh, okay, this is much even more fun to watch when you do know what's going on. And uh, <laughs> I thought it was great. And then watched, uh, I've watched the first two episodes of the third season so far. I think that, yeah, third one came out this week, but um, that's yeah, good. Good show. It's, you watch any of it. I, I watched that first season when I got Showtime well after it had aired. So no one, everyone was done talking about it by the time I got to see it. But I really liked it. It's creepy and weird and unpredictable. And I like all the actresses in it. Yeah. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely want to see season two. It's so, it's so funny to rewatch the first season uh, and watch Jeff, her husband. Like, <laughs> Like the first season, first day, you know, first time you watch it, you have this just preconceived notion about it. It's so funny to watch it again after the ending. I mean, he has the best line of the season in the last episode, I think it is. And it's like, oh, anyway, it was, it's great, great stuff. This is the one that's set like this is set uh, set a graduating class. What year did you graduate, guys? 98, 97. Okay, this is graduating class of 96. So this is a 90s soundtrack 
and this is the you know they it's anyone that hasn't watched it it's it's very lost it's a group a soccer team a girls soccer team was going to nationals and they're playing crashes on in you know somewhere in the woods and it's like a, a weird something weird's going on there just like happened on the lost island and and they flash back and forth, like scene to scene, just they don't care at all. They'll go right <laughs> back 25 years, flash forward, flash back, blah, 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 back and forth to these girls when they were on the island to when they're here today, grown up. And you don't, you know, some of them survived, some of them didn't. You don't know who. And, you know, every once in a while, you're like, oh, they're alive. I didn't know that, you know, and it's, it's just really great cast, Christina Ricci and, um, Gosh, who's the one lady? Melanie Linsky. Yeah, she's my fave. And uh all the, the girls are so great. Oh, uh, um gosh, I can't think of any of their names. The girl from Cape Fear. Yeah. Her. Juliet Jul- Lewis. Yeah, yes, yes she's mm-hmm. good. The girls that play them, all those characters, are all great. And uh, you know, they've cast it perfectly. And, and I love the show. So yeah. highly recommend yellow jackets. I, the second season hasn't started out super duper strong, but they're definitely going places, you know, it, it's, and I get, I don't feel, it doesn't feel as mystery boxy as I thought it was going to be. I feel like I understand what's going on. So mm-hmm. I want a little more uh, mystery. I hate when uh, I understand the show. I know I want, <laughs> I, I would like there to be a little more mystery now, but Anyway, it's hmm. good. That's so on Showtime. I, yes, on Showtime. I think you dig it. Clark. Yeah. I think it, well, that just reminded me of something there uh, happened with us. At, I don't know. I guess it's been a couple weeks now, but we were uh, we were out in town running errands, and Alicia said something uh, something about, oh, we have Walmart Plus for like another week. Right. And I was like, I had that once. That's well, how I bought my PlayStation five. I didn't know we had it. She got it free as a free, a month free off of something or other that she was doing. I don't know. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter. And I was like, you're telling me that I could have been watching Paramount Plus <laughs> for the last three weeks. And she's like, I don't, I don't know what, what what's that. Mm. And I'm like, well, I really, my thought was, oh, Carly and I have been wanting to watch um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Right, yeah. And we haven't been able to do that. And I was like, well, crap. We can go home and watch it. But then, so anyways, we went home later on that day. And I was like, can you try and log on with whatever, I don't know, however her hookup was. She logged right into it. Come up and there's all these things that were like, oh, let's watch that. Oh, let's watch that. Oh, there's a good movie. And they were all you for all of them. You had to have the Showtime add on Mm. in order to watch them, which I was like, well, that sucks. So that turned (laughs) me off of it. I didn't get to watch any of that. Um, Yeah, I've heard Showtime is supposed to be being folded in completely to Paramount Plus, isn't it? That's what I thought. Yeah. But for whatever reason, whatever free thing we were on, we didn't we didn't get the Showtime stuff. I don't what? know. I watched it right on the Paramount Plus app. I've been watching all this oh, Showtime stuff. So aggravated. I knew it was on a time crunch, anyways. But it might have been a little. It might. It might. 
it just recently changed. Okay. Like it might've been right after that. Well, so anyways, I did, I was sitting there and flipping through like, what can I watch? You know, what, or what am I, what's on here that I, I have the ability to watch that I want to watch or at least possibly want to watch. And so like I ended up starting, um, God, I haven't watched Star Trek in so long. Oh, and Picard, Picard so it up. there's been all this talk about that Picard season three. And I was like, well, yeah. I only got a week. I can't start off on season one. Like I'm just going nope. to jump, jump right in. Everybody says the first stuff bad anyway. Yeah. So I watched, um, I watched <clears throat> several six or seven, the first six or seven episodes of seven, season three. And it was, it's a good, it's good. I watched the next generation back in the, in the 90 or eighties and nineties, you mm. know, when it was new and still on. And, uh, the, they're bringing, they've brought back all those old characters and, and, um, other than, you know, just Patrick's Patrick Stewart is good, but he's just, he's like elderly, you know I mean? He's just mm. so 80 years old. Um, but, uh, but it was fun. It's just, it just felt like a television series. Like I, I, I don't have any great nostalgia for Star Trek next generation, but either, but it was, it was good enough. I thought, um, if you like Star Trek, you probably love this show and you know, it's fun that they, they cuss and, and, uh, it's a little bit more, um, the action scenes are probably a little bloodier, that type of thing. Uh, as far as the the makeup of the show goes, to keep you interested, but yeah, just what Star Trek fans love. Yeah, there's some <laughs> I know, right? Putting a little Star Wars in my Star Trek, um, but yeah, it's kind of a mystery type story, and and uh, speaking of, it, you gave me an opening here just yeah. to say this. I forgot to say this on the Star Wars episode there we were talking. The one thing I did not, I hate when they do, and they did it in this episode, is use these real world phrases like, let's talk about the Bantha in the room. Oh my gosh, I wanted to puke. <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I just wanted okay. to. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, this is just a show. I haven't, I didn't get to watch the full season because they weren't all out yet, but you know, I, if you have some, you know, history or, or yeah, this is your last chance to get, yeah, to get this Star Trek next generation this, stuff. This the characters it. are all old, you know, here you they go. Are. And they're Try all back. Out. They're all back. Yeah. They're trying here. Uh, quantum leap season one, the new version of quantum leap. Of course, huge fan of the original show. Um, Loving the time travel, but this is a, a new story. We talk, I've talked about it before, but they finished it up, finished up season one. I thought it ended strong. So I, I honestly though, didn't know anyone and anyone was watching it until I finished it and found out that they already got a second season. They've been filming it. And I know, I know, uh, the OJ general four-star general, Jesse Starcher is <laughs> watching it. Uh, but I dug it. I like the main guy. Um, and, uh, they got Ernie Hudson on there and playing magic. And I, 
it's a, it's just a pretty good time travel story. They're doing their best. And if they can ever convince Scott Bakula to join them, they, this is the kind of show that would take him in a heartbeat. Like they, they're, they do, they're trying everything. So they will th- throw him at the wall if he'll show up. So I, I thought it was pretty clever. Some of the stuff they did to finish it up. So if you invest the time, I think it's kind of worth it. Um, and then Apple has all kinds of stuff right now. Every show I see an article about or hear someone mention that I haven't heard of or don't know what it is, is always on Apple TV+. Yeah. They have been Every time, like, what, what show are they shows. talking about? Oh, it's on Apple. There's, sh- there's some show on there right now. I don't even know the name of it, but it's got like a thousand different famous people in it, and I just don't have time to watch it. Like, I can't watch everything. But but the ones I did watch, of course, Ted Lasso's back. You guys don't don't even watch it? You don't watch Ted Lasso? Well, I watched Ted Lasso, but I haven't been able to yet. I'm I'm trying to wait it out until the season's yeah, over. That's right. Gotta get, get the, try to do it all a month. Well, yeah. when you do, when you do, Check out the big door prize. Good morning. Hello. Nice school there, birthday boy. <laughs> that shirt, that's funny and also makes me feel bad. Love you, Dad. So I'd always been there. That thing will tell you your life's potential. Where'd you get it? No idea. It just appeared like magic. You know what I got? Superstar. Well, I got dancer. Male model. Make it stop. What's going on? Why is everybody trying to change their lives overnight? We're getting a divorce. The Morpho inspired us. What was your card? Healer. A sign to engage in self-healing. Or maybe a meant doctor is in the profession that you do every day. You asked if I was happy. Are you happy? I'm 40 years old. I have no discernible talent apart from whistling. And I've only ever been in one relationship. I don't know if I'm happy. Never had to think about it. Which was nice, actually. It's not like I really believe there's a magical machine that can tell people what they're capable of. (laughs) But literally everyone is trying it. So they got together a week ago and now they're married. That's fun. Maybe everything is not quite as it seems. That is deep. I think I have everything I ever wanted. Maybe you didn't want enough. This machine, magic or not, is reminding people our lives have more than one possible path. It has Chris O'Dowd. Do you like him, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And I... This The premise of this show is it's about a town, a small town or whatever, and they... I, he's like the first guy they show. He's I assume he's the main character, but there really isn't a main ca- character. It's like about uh, the town, but you know they focus on the same ten or so characters. But uh, the whole deal is it's some concept of a uh, one night this machine appears in the general store, and it's like you go up to it, and it's kind of like. Uh, big where the 
machine shows up there and he got they got to make a wish but this one this machine shows up i think it's called a morpho or something but you go up and it tell it spits out a card you give it your information it spits out a card that tells you your potential so whatever that may be like if you went up to a machine you're you're like you know you're gonna find out supposedly what you potentially could have been what's the best thing you could have pulled off and uh, <laughs> it just throws the town into topsy-turvy, you know, what people get. There's no way in the world I'm pulling that lever. <laughs> <laughs> do not want, do not want to pull a card and find out what you could be. And it's definitely like throws people for a loop because sometimes some words mean, you know, what it spits out in the card may mean something different to you that it means to someone else and that type of stuff. But it's, I really dig this show. Like it's, it's good. Highly recommend the big door prize to have of all the shows they have on there. That's definitely one to check out. I think you would like it cliff for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Is, uh, is a l- co-host of low level podcast. Uh, is that a possibility? Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I'm curious what it would say on there. Reach for the stars. If, it, if you were there and it said podcaster, it's been a podcaster. You know you made it. You did. You reached mm. your full potential. That's it. I'm done. Uh, what are you guys watching? I feel like I got to mention, I know I'm the only one who watched this, but we just mentioned it's our seventh anniversary here at kpp early april 2016 <laughs> and you guys remember how much time we devoted to the cw shows oh yes i thought about that the other day Every how much episode, time you guys right yeah. i never watched any of that twiddling his thumbs we barely even mentioned but i i had to check out gotham knights yeah this is the end of this superhero I, i'm sure it's only gonna get one season it's like I'm baywatch sure. nights Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, the the once powerhouse CW Arrowverse superhero lineup is puttering to a to a halt, and the last thing they're spitting out here is this Gotham Night Show. Petty theft, grand larceny, assault. Are you really the Joker's daughter? Is that why you murdered Batman? I am going to find who did this. With no Batman, who's going to solve the murder of Bruce Wayne? They think I killed my dad because I wanted his money? I'm Robin. We have to go. We're going to find who really killed my dad. Look around. A bunch of thieves turned fugitives. Joker's delusional daughter. A sidekick. Batman's orphan. Anybody want to give me a crash course on being vigilante? We will no longer live in fear. Their new heroes are also their most wanted fugitives. Time to pick a side. Gotham Knights, new series premieres Tuesday, March 14th. It sounded bad. The Mm. description was bad. The trailer looked bad. Everything about it didn't look good. I'm like, I'll watch the first episode just to get the flavor of it. Guys, it's not bad. It's pretty good. <laughs> That'll be the it's damn thing, though. Like, this show will be really good, and then yeah, it'll be done. Yeah. 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 So, it's silly. It starts off 
they kill Bruce Wayne, right? So Batman mm. is dead. And so it's all these hangers on who have to solve the case and save Gotham. So it's all this stuff of DC continuity and, and DC mythology. They mention the Narrows, Burnside, <laughs> which is a neighborhood in Gotham, Robinson Park. They all go to Gotham Academy. There's mm. a reference to Haley's Circus, <laughs> the Mutant Gang, the Court of Owls, the Talon. Like it's all this real heavy Batman mythology. But the star of the show is Bruce's adopted son, Turner Hayes, everyone. Turner Hayes. Who the hell who, is Turner Unless Hayes? there's some big twist, he's nobody. He's not a character <laughs> from DC. Okay. In, again, unless yeah. they're, they're deacon us somehow. But it has Carrie Kelly as Robin hmm. in it. Stephanie Brown. She's mm-hmm. not the spoiler yet, but her, her dad is a famous game show host, <laughs> which her dad was a villain, the, the yeah. clue master or whatever it was. Uh, Harper and Cullen Rowe, brother and sister, uh, and Duella, the Joker's mm-hmm. daughter. So everyone else on the show is a character, including uh, the only adult in the place, Misha Collins from Supernatural, is Harvey Dent. So it's this whole collection of DC characters and Turner Hayes, bland young white man. (laughs) 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 But it's done a pretty good job of like, they frame him for Bruce's murder and everything's being orchestrated by the court of owls that no one believes even exists. So it's one of those, we're not sure who we can trust because anyone could be affiliated with the court. And I don't know for a CW superhero show on its last legs, I've mm-hmm. been impressed with, with what they've done <laughs> without a, a whole lot of fanfare. Yeah, I mean, I I, I have to admit I, I've quit watching them all um, throughout the years, but but I never felt they were really bad. Like, I mean, they're television shows on a on a very small network, um, but just as a as a universe, it was always good enough for me. I always enjoyed the shows. I just there were so many of them there for a while and I just kind of got, you know, I just slipped little by little missing episodes or, or I'd stop watching one series and, and, and then eventually stop watching another and another. And, but yeah, I mean, I remember, uh, <laughs> it was, it was a lot to keep up with. <laughs> <laughs> and even Superman and Lois has been good. We're in yeah. season three now. Um, it's a lot of the family drama, the teenagers, you know, rebe- you know, getting along with the parents and Lana has broken up with her husband who cheated on her. Like there's all that CW stuff we always get, mm-hmm. but uh, it started Lois thought she was pregnant, which drove me crazy the entire episode because she, she had to wait on a blood test. I'm like, you're married to Superman. He could look in your belly and, or listen, he could hear, yeah. a, a, you know, a, a fetus in yeah. your belly. And then the doctor calls. Uh uh-huh. And Superman's like, what's she saying? It's like, Clark can't, can't hear a phone call from across the room. Like, you're dealing with Superman. Knock it off. But anyway, it was very dramatic. And she wasn't pregnant. We found out she actually has breast cancer. So for the last couple of episodes, they've been dealing with chemotherapy and like, don't treat me like I'm sick. You know, I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm still going to do my job as a reporter. I'm still your mother. And there's all this really well done drama and they've introduced uh chad coleman 
as the villain this season, who was uh, Cuddy from The Wire and Tyrese from Walking Dead. He is, uh, he's, oh, shoot, I forget his name. He's an actual DC villain. I'm drawing a blank. But he he had a, you know, he's, he's from the suicide slums in Metropolis. And he's kind of built this kingdom up of, you know, of wealth mm-hmm. and power through crime. And Superman, like, goes to confront him. And he was like, oh, you were busy saving the day. You, you weren't saving us. You weren't saving our side of town. Like, you were busy saving the world. You didn't ever look over here. I had to do that myself. So, like, it's, again, it's silly superhero drama, but they're they're doing it as well as you. I think you can do on the small screen with, with the budget they have on over there on the CW. So, it's, again, it says winding down and swirling the drain, but they're give, still giving us some good stuff over there. I forgot one show on Apple. Sh- remember Schmigadoon? Did you watch that, Cliff? No, I, I haven't, and I keep seeing uh, comments about it, and I'm like, I. That seems like a it. very you show. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, it I is. mean, you're the first person I think of when they, when they came out with that show. Uh, yeah, it's it's singing. pretty good. This year it's Chicago. <laughs> so now they're in that type of setting or whatever, but it worked. I watched one episode and I liked it, so I'll I'll probably watch some more. You're gonna have to. I don't know if you're gonna be able to watch all this stuff in a month. I, I doubt it. That's a lot of watching. You have to take some time off work. No doubt. <laughs> probably, probably just dig a hole and watch stuff. <laughs> Bruno Mannheim was Chad Coleman's character. Oh, okay, uh, that makes sense. I would never have guessed that. Oh my gosh! Now oh. the the cream of the crop, guys. Mm, what just is. came out, Dave? Oh, yeah, I'm Dave. we love Dave. A little dicky. Trying to bring back the old school flow, like my name's Dave, and I'm here to say. Hey, hey, I'm hey, I'm pull the beat up. Welcome to the tour. This is your first tour. You' supposed to go hard. This is the biggest event of the year, man. This is no shitting on the bus. You shit, you split. Okay. How is the search for love going? I mean, I had such high hopes. This was supposed to be like the romantic climax of life. This is the scroll guard. It is an STD preventative tool. Oh, wow. wow. You look great. I feel so protected. I'm so happy that I get to see America for what it is. You're like my favorite rapper. Is that me? It's concrete. This is the heaviest thing. <laughs> wow. You're with him every day. How do you resist him? Are you serious? <laughs> because I'm with him every day. Welcome to the Met Gala. Need some adversity, dog. <laughs> Bro, you fall down seven times, you get up eight. Why would I have to get up eight times if I've only fallen down seven? The math doesn't even add up. We just gotta control them. I don't have any control over Dave. Tour is just the one time where there's no deadlines. I can just live life to the F. Whoa! Please do not shoot. USA, USA. You don't know my values. Maybe we have more in common than you might think. Why don't you just tell me what they are? Uh, Mom, what are our values? Coffee for Jew? Jew? Coffee for... There you go, Jew. Dave's back on FX or Hulu. They've been replaying season three late at night on Hulu. And I caught the very last episode 
where they have the yeah, he's going to perform on the VMAs. And I looked at the info on it. August 2021 is when that season two finale was. So we have been <laughs> well over a year without any days. So Too long. Finally, season three is back. And he is out on tour. <laughs> I thought these first two episodes were pretty strong. Like, uh, yeah, I, I really dug it. You know, he's uh, dealing with fame and but that I mean, the second episode was even stronger than the first yeah. and was just the what the evolution of man um, <laughs> just chaos. But it all worked. Um, what's that girl's name? The, the actors cameoed in this. That Yeah, I, uh, <sighs> she was in the Jane. Levy. Is it, Jane Levy, is that her name, Jane, or is it yeah, Levy? Levy. I don't know. Yeah, um, but uh, she was good. It was just I like the how they wrapped it up and everything. Mm-hmm. The whole I I just it's a chaotic show that's definitely very original, and I'm I think he's uh, funny. He's very funny. <laughs> yeah he i was is. a little perplexed why they had the word dave on the tour bus yeah it should say Until little dicky well i see the, the it was sponsored there's an app called yeah. dave it's like yeah. a cash advance it's a way to get cash advance it's not yeah. dave so yeah. his tour is sponsored like that's, that's funny, funny. So the show dave <laughs> is sponsored but it's a very meta product oh yeah so, but yeah. all right yeah, it's pretty funny. That's uh, a great show. I cannot uh, recommend it to everyone in the world, but I. Uh, but it, it can it's be raunchy. It uh, yeah, it's one of my faves. Yeah, my mine too. It's just you know he's such a weird guy and such a unique character, but the show does such a a good job for me of understanding. You know, putting myself in 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 his shoes and and how he thinks and, and the chaos and what's happening. And because I mean, like it gives me anxiety. That last episode gave me an anxiety. As I was watching. <laughs> I, I believe I was like, that. Oh my yeah. gosh. I could not do deal with this. So as everybody yeah. is, you know, I, know, I was the opposite. I was like, crap. that would be so fun to work on a, a to work on set. Like, like I was yeah. like, man, that would be amazing. Yeah. But you know, it's, it walks that line of set, you know, implying you know, the star getting too big for their britches and they got to control everything and also, but also it looked like he needed to do everything he was doing. Like if he wanted it to be the way he yeah. wanted it and he was the one that was having to make these decisions. And, you know, I, I felt like I didn't feel like he was too much, you know, he was, it, he just was on a time limit and the show always does a great job of like, he's wrong a lot. <laughs> You know, he gets yeah, come up yeah, and, but yeah. like, he's never the bad guy. Like it's, it's a, he learns something or he, he sees it from someone else's perspective. Like the show is just so smart at, it's not just, oh, this is the right way to do it. Or that's, you know, it, it's, it's yeah. a very complex look at things and uh, and he's a very complex character. And I like, yeah, he's involved. He has such an ego, mm-hmm. but he's also so like unsure of himself. Like it's yeah. just, yeah. But I, I will admit, I, I don't like his music. <laughs> I'm not into the. I'm not into the uh, any of the songs that he performs. I'm just. I'm not into. But I would say I like about half. Away. I like about half of them. I don't own any of them. No. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 
definitely of a of a younger generation. It's more, yeah, it's more entertaining. Just the I just it goes along with the show, fine. You yeah. Know, so, but we're not coming in straight yeah. for the music. So, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, I I've really enjoyed. I I just don't feel like there's really been an episode that I can recall where I've just been like, eh, okay, that happened this week. Like every episode, I feel like hits on 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 something for me, and, and well, moves. it's starting to it's starting to do the Atlanta thing. It's start starting to like have each episode is tries a new thing, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't want to give it give it that much cred, but it's uh, they're trying to make each episode more epic in some way, you know. Yeah, it's good. Great show. One of the best shows on TV. Who would have ever thought, you know? I mean, we're in season three now. We can say, who would have ever thought Dave? Like, how did we even get on Dave? I don't even remember what brought it up. I don't know. I I, I had heard about it. I heard about it and watched it. Because I didn't know who Dave was. I, I If I recall, I think my son was like, oh, yeah, little... Little Dicky, Little Dicky, yeah. And I was like, okay, I don't, who who is that? <laughs> so, save Martha, puny god. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before the sun. Under Ruth. Said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence, or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. <laughs> I went to the movies. If you want to talk about a couple of movies? I saw John Wick Four. No, I don't think there was a colons in there or anything. But uh, my adventures in customer service continue as. <laughs> I had to go to the they counter. Put sausage. They put sausage on your seat. They put sausage on my movie. <laughs> no, I uh, went to the mall and got the good theater, all happy and everything. And then I get ready to go in, hit, hit the bathroom, come out. Nick's like, you're not going to believe this. This family just came walking by here looking for John Wick Theater. And they have like a really little kid with them. I was like, okay, where'd they go? He's like, oh, they went to the bathroom. I was like, oh, well, we don't know what they're doing. Whatever. We go in, sit down. Sure enough, they come in in our row with a kid that is like three or four. I'm pretty good at judging kids' ages. This kid is three or four. John Wick Hold, four. Holding their hand when they walk age, you know, and I'm like, What is happening? I'm completely just like, it's ruined. It's all ruined. Like, you know, already. I was like, I cannot stand this, that nobody's going to like look out for this kid, you know? And there's a lot of people in the theater, you know, several people in there. And they're like, does no one, everybody else just walks by and doesn't even phase them. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. They come walking in. It's like a mom and dad. Like these, the parents are obviously in their 20s you know, the late twenties or whatever. And they're, they walk in, sit down, they've got like a teenage girl with them. And then this, and then the grandpa comes in with, 
walk in with the little kid and you know, set by grandpa and he's just got a big smile on his face. I'm like, this is John Wick <laughs> four. A thousand people are going to die. What is happening? And then they don't, nothing's phasing them. Uh, so they start showing the previews. It's like the red band thing comes up. It's the goriest. I don't even want to look at this. It's like gory horror movies. I'm just imagining you giving this kid the side eye and he looks over and pulls his shirt up. And there's like, there's like a pistol in his waistband. <laughs> right. Like, Mind your business. He's got a tat. <laughs> uh, I was, I look over. I'm not looking. I, I mean, it was like gross horror movie. I don't even know what they were doing. And I look over and the kid is just mouth hanging open staring up at that and his mom looks down at him a few seats away and just smiles at him and he looks at her like she's a freaking crazy person and i'm beside my i get up i go out to the counter and there's three like teeny bopper girls out there and they're like yeah can i help you i was like yes you guys let a three or four year old go see john wick and it and they're like oh well you sold they, cigarettes to a four-year-old <laughs> yeah like she's like oh well yeah uh yeah they, they said he was six i was like <laughs> i was like that is the most ridiculous thing anyone has ever said to me <laughs> it's says like parental discretion advised I said, I mean, when I was growing up, it was always, you had to be 17 or whatever, seeing our movie, unless you're with a parent or guardian yeah. or whatever. It's like, I get that, but there's a limit. And I, I was like, <laughs> so I was like, what does six have to do with anything? It's an R rated movie. And she's like, uh, well, they gotta be six or whatever. I was like, I was like, what? I, I was like, this is freaking weird and i i go back in there and that kid sat and watched the movie they did get up a couple times and walk him outside and walk him back in because he just get, would get when something crazy happened like the guy sticks a knife in somebody's hand he has to rip his hand out of the knife the kid like gets up and starts walking around and i'm like yeah this kid does not want to freaking be here and it was also wasn't it like two hours 40 some minutes like wasn't it it's really a long, long freaking movie yes like three <laughs> almost three hours long uh, it's great, by the way. I love John Wick Four. It's a good movie. Good movie. Like the best John Wick, in my opinion. Donnie Yen was freaking amazing, and uh, it was just good. It had a good enough ending. Uh, he used nunchucks in this one, and you know, I don't know if you guys ever use nunchucks, but if you if you've ever picked up a pair of nunchucks, you hit yourself in the head with them. <laughs> you just did uh and you know connor reeves is using them amazingly and anyway i looked it up after i was done with the movie i was like regal cinemas do 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 what's the policy i wrote him an email of course i did because i was mad and i was like just so you know your policy first off it's stupid but if the rules are the rules whatever but it's not six. They can't, they have to be older than six. It's, but as long as, a, you know, a parent, ha older person has to buy the tickets, but mm -hmm. they basically take whoever they want in there, but they have to be at least seven. 
This kid was like three or four. So at least you do have a ridiculous policy, but you should at least enforce it. So other people aren't uncomfortable with having a baby watching. You're going to have the parent yell at him. Like, don't tell me how to raise my kid. You know? So yeah, some teenage person at the counter is not going to enforce. It feels like there's some legality to it or something like they should. If this is a policy, it's policy for a reason. So anyway, I don't want to go on and on any further about it, but it's very disturbing to watch a kid watch that stuff. And I'm, it makes me sick that nobody else cared. Because that messes people up. You know, we got people going around shooting people up yeah, stuff. He's going to grow up to be a John Wick. Exactly. John Wick. I know he's going to be in John Wick 44. Anyway, I also saw Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves and was pretty excited to see that. It had been getting some good buzz and I enjoyed it. It was a Good time at the movies. Felt like a good sesh. They didn't blatantly do anything to make you, you know, to call out that it they were it was D and D. Other than although it was in the Forgotten Realms, it was there was all kinds of references to the worlds and the things. But they also made up their own spells and magic items for it and did kind of their own thing just like you would in a real campaign and sometimes people couldn't pull off what they were trying it kind of had that feeling of they didn't roll the right get the right role and everything but i dug it i think i i'm ready for a sequel i'm so hard to please with that kind of stuff of like yes i want there to be references and funny Mm. easter eggs but like too much of it or doing it the wrong way, the wrong. I felt like it was, this was exactly right. This was exactly right. They just, it was in that world. But if you didn't know anything about it, it was just a fantasy movie. You know, I mean, it was, and it was a good, fairly clever story. I liked, I mean, I, I thought it was, a. they did, they did the time of writing that script of paying things off. Mm-hmm. They paid things off that sometimes nobody does anymore, you know? So I, th- I thought that was good. Hugh Grant was good. Uh, Chris Pine, everybody was good in it. I, I dug it. So definitely would watch another one. If they make enough money, they spent way too much money on it is the problem. <laughs> it's a, it's a huge success. Dink, dink, but, uh, it, it, Mother's success. uh <laughs> but not in pro Mother's yeah. eyes. Yeah. It, it, they spent like $150 million on this movie, which is way too high. So even though it made, you know, a bunch of money this weekend, it needs to do that for multiple weekends. And you're not going to do that with Mario coming out this weekend. And mm. we've talked before, like fantasy, how many huge flops have there been in the last decade of, right. the, Oh yeah. Uh, you know, the Robin hood movies and all these movies, they keep, pumping out of like people love big budget fantasy right and like it just hasn't been working so yeah the, a hit like this i think is is good for the genre anyway did you watch anything jordan uh anything? not in the theater for sure for sure um so i was just it was late one night and i didn't want to watch anything I'd been watching. I couldn't find anything I wanted to watch. So I ended up on Tubi, which is like, you know. Oh, Tubi. man. That was a late night. Oh, what were you drinking? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
they turned the lights on. You just realized you're on Tubi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not feeling good about myself. So I'm scrolling through Tubi. Mm. And I just type in comic book. I'm like, is there anything I haven't seen wow. or anything? So I just typed. I literally just typed in the words. And I found a documentary called My Comic Shop Country. And it didn't look super cheap like a lot of these like handmade things. I'm like, okay, let's give this a shot. And it was good. I enjoyed it. I recommend it. Um, I went back. Uh, the same guy, Anthony Des- Desiato, directed a movie in 2011 called My Comic Shop Documentary, which was about the shop he used to work at, Alternate Realities, and its owner, Steve Otto. So it was just like the shop had been there forever. Steve's, uh, you know, a, a charismatic guy and all these customers and former employees are fun to talk to. So he just made this really cheap, amateurish documentary about this store. So I, that's that's on YouTube at the moment. That's from 2011. So a couple years after he made this documentary, 2015, this store closed down after 23 years. And, you know, like any longstanding business like that, you know, there were people who were sad it was gone. So he got a bunch of people together and made another documentary. So now it's My Comic Shop Country. And he wanted to follow up with some of these people from alternate realities and then also go to other shops around the country. So he went to 20 different stores, interviewed a lot of people, interviewed some like Paul Levitz from D.C., writer Mark Wade. Uh, and a ton of just fans and comic shop owners. And I just, again, it's very inside baseball. It's very, you know, my day-to-day reality, but I I found it really interesting and just a good reminder of how weird this industry is and how how unique it is among American retail establishments. And that idea that every store is so different and just takes on the personality of the people there how some are just dingy, dusty, holes in the wall with cats sleeping on the boxes. And then some are just cluttered with toys in every corner. Some look like museums with lighting and vaults and like perfectly clean shelves. And yeah, some are that Torpedo on- Comics was freaking <laughs> amazing looking. Some focus on back issues and hard to find stuff. Some focus on brand new stuff. They're more like bookstores, graphic novels. Some are really kids focused. Some are more adult focused, like, you know, selling Sergeant Rock books from the 50s. Like, just every shop is completely different. Mm. And you kind of grab, I think you gravitate toward the the ones that serve your needs the best. So I don't know. It was just a, a fun look. It wasn't really expansive. It didn't, you know, it didn't visit tons of shops or talk to you know uh super famous people but i I, for what it was and where i found it and how i found it i i thought i thought Mm. it was really excellent yeah i immediately watched it when you posted about it i I was like oh this comfort food bring it on i don't feel like i learned anything (laughs) yeah i was like exactly i was i was like (laughs) i was like it's late (laughs) i was rolling to tubi here i um yeah, I I totally dug it. I liked seeing all the different shops, all the different people. Felt like, you know, yes, the, the industry's dying, but you know, there's also hundreds of stores out there with a bunch of people that love this stuff and keeping it alive. And I, you know, it just I liked seeing them them all, you know, doing it, doing it, living it. And I, you know, I mean 
no, I mean, some of them are making money at it. Some of them are doing stuff, but a lot of them, it's just, they just love it. And I always will envy that anybody that gets to go, you know, do, do work with something they love that, you know, even if you get tired of talking to comics to people all day, you're not talking about wrenches or soap dispensers or something. <laughs> you're talking about something you actually care about. And that that's just, that's a, that's a luxury. It's the, maybe the one luxury to go along with it, but people that are just talking about holes and blood and whatever that we're not excited about that at all so i always have envied that I always thought man but the only way i'd ever do it is if i had millions of dollars <laughs> it didn't have to worry about making any money you know but yeah that was interesting that a couple of people who were like oh yeah my wife has a good job so like yeah it's like yeah we're i'm not here i'm not i'm not actually paying the rent yeah the saddest part was every time that they showed the guy interviewed the guy and he he like who would let themselves be on this and be shot for every interview saying sitting in front of a wall of funko pops like (laughs) oh it was so awful i was like that looks so terrible uh, and they went into that, you know, they, 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 yeah, there's people who hate Funko to death. There's yeah. Who I, live on Funko. Yeah. I hate it. Uh, and I was like, but you know, it's like, uh, Hey, you, some people that's what you got to do, I guess, you know, keep your store open. Ah, uh, it was good. good. Yeah. It gave me a little juice of like, yeah, I, I'm doing this. I'm a hero. I'm, I'm making, yeah. this, I'm making the world a better place. It, what would you, I, it made me think I was just thinking, thinking about like when you came to here, you know, at, you got out of college or whatever and you said, I don't know. I don't remember. I, I, you know, what made you say I'm going to do this, but what would you have done if you got here? And there was, we had a comic shop at the time. I, I probably wouldn't have. Cause that was my driving force of like, I lived in Columbus for five years where there were, great comic shops there were two or three really good comic shops i would visit regularly yeah and then i moved back here it's like ah i missed you know no one else can do this it's like why can't i that's uh just think of the timelines (laughs) if there was no asylum here (laughs) like we would not have a comic shop or who would have stepped up you know i feel like some that's the type of thing it's like some comic book fan would have had to step up and do it but oh, we're glad to have you. We got some some place to get our comics. Yeah. Let's let's shoot a documentary, running the <laughs> asylum. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Ah, All right. any other uh, comic book news? How about some of that? We haven't done that in a bit. Sure. Uh, we'll kick off with uh, the release of Insecta Kid number three is available mm. now. And your friends at So Pro Comics. My boys are so pro. (laughs) Michael, our pal, wrote and drew this, colored by his wife, Christy, and I did the lettering. So it's a Kickstarter. If you're a Kickstarter backer, it's uh, being mailed out. We're getting the variant covers in soon, so we'll get all the rewards out. But it's, uh, I think it's up on the website now, soprocomics.com, or at my shop at Asylum. Uh, Sweet. Six months until Mothman Festival, so we oh, time crunch has him. begun. Yeah, we got to produce some new comics before Mothman Festival. That's like the only show we have booked for this year so far. Cool. 
uh, I finished a novel that just came out last month called Secret Identity. What? Is this a comic book novel? By Alex Segura. Who's that? It is. He's he's written a couple comics. I know that a couple name. Novels. Uh, he wrote a, a Poe Dameron novel, and he did Pete Fernandez mystery series. Is a, a bunch of noir stories set in Miami. So, uh, it is a novel set in the seventies in the comic industry. And between each couple chapters, like they do comic book art. So like the comic they're producing in the book, they actually did the art for it. So it's a murder mystery. This woman uh, moves from Miami to New York to get into the comic book biz. She's stuck being a secretary, really wants to be a writer. And she starts working with a guy to create this character, the Lynx. And he ends up murdered. So something is a foul in the comic book industry. So if there's a bunch of references to New York in the seventies and the industry and all the, all the, the folks who were, who were there at the time. It's a, it's a fictional story. It's a fictional company, a fictional character, but it's a, it's kind of a crime noir murder mystery set in the comic industry. So I, I thought it was uh, pretty interesting. Hmm. Cool. Now, sweet Jordan, the one thing you did not mention about Insecticid yeah. is the, the further adventures of Ronald P. Tramp. That's true. He's right on the cover. That's right. There he is. So, yeah. And I think I thought this guy, this new character he has introduced, tracks. I think he looks like the guy from Dave. He looks like his manager, the redhead guy. Yeah. That's funny. I know he uses some photo reference. I wondered if. Uh, use that. <laughs> I read a comic book series from about a little over 10 years ago. It was Captain America, Man Out of Time. It was uh, Mark Wade. Um, I, d- I bought it at some point. I don't know. So I, I, I'm on some Captain America Facebook page or something. They were talked about it and I they were doing a poll this week of like a, a writer's a cap writer's bracket. And they were down to Wade versus Brubaker on one side of the bracket. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of tough. Cause you know, I love Brubaker's run, but Wade really gets Steve, you know? And so I was like, well, I have this book. Before I cast my vote, because it was that close, this was like, like the closest vote. I was like, I'm going to make my vote count here. I'm going to, but I'm going to, I took this book to work with me last night and read it. And it was really good. It was a, uh, one of those retcon between the pages stories, uh, going back to when he, you know, starts out like they, you know, back in the war, but it, it, really revolves around Avengers four and when he comes out of the ice and, and this is like in between all those stories happening at that time, what was he doing by himself? Uh, and he, uh, it was very, it was, a it was like, it kind of his awakening 
is what it was. He was he was getting to see uh, like <laughs> like Tony Stark took him to the museum and was showing him uh, stuff about Martin Luther King and and all this and he he was seeing all the changes in our because really they like they they gloss over all that in the movies and then you know even in the comic books when he comes to our our time it, it's he's not uh doesn't seem to affect him that much how things are different i saw somebody say that in a review or something recently that kind of hit me how they kind of downplay even Nazism, where they mm. just—I've never liked bullies. Wait, 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 wait! You're equating Nazis with bully? Like it made me think. Yeah, Marvel was kind of soft. You know, yeah, it's Hydra. Absolutely. It's not even really Nazis. It's just a Hydra. So it's like, yeah. if we can't take a stand that much, <laughs> yeah. So this really gets digs into that and lets him see a world that has changed. And there's like his doctor's a woman and all this, and he, you know, kind of. He's noticing all these positive changes because in the story, he just wants to get back. You know, it's saying that while he was doing all this stuff with the Avengers, he was also just, he really just wanted, he, he, some, uh, Reed Richards had said something about a time machine. He was like, yes, do that. Get me back. I got to say Bucky. I got to go back and say Bucky, you know? And I love that idea that that's what he would, he'd be like, screw all this. It's crazy here. But while he was here, he was seeing all the all the good things that have changed, you know. And then, you know, there's a lot of twists and turns, and, it, and it, interestingly, he does find a way back. And then you get to see him go back and see how bad it was back then. Like he's like, man, things. He's he had gotten used to the good changes, and now he's going back and seeing all the bad stuff. So. I I really liked it. I really thought it was cleverly written and uh, uh, elegant. Um, and the idea and how he traveled through time, you know, got back and did all that was really neat, you know, clever and I, a way to do it to get him, you know, very Doc Brown, get a message to the, you know, to the future, how he did it. And I, I just dug it. I really liked it. Um, I ended up abstaining from the vote. Who won? Uh, Brew, uh, which I, you know, I I want I kind of I wanted Brew Baker to win, but I did you know that side of the bracket, but I didn't want to not vote for. I didn't want to pick. I felt like let's leave it up to the rest of the people, and he just edged. He just edged out Wade. Um, the other side of the bracket, if you care, uh, came down to who would you guess? I want to know you guess. Greenwald. And I'm gonna stand lead and write him long enough to no, no. honestly, I just blanked because it was at one point Engelhart was there for a while, Demateus was there for a while. Um, gosh dang, we haven't we talked about that doing the, some kind of bracket of uh. Favorite runs or something. I know we had talked yeah, about at one point. Yeah, at some point. Our favorite. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, it is Greenwald versus J.M. DeMatteis, which is like DeMatteis is when I started reading was him right at the beginning of his run, 
And so I'm very partial to him, but then Greenwald were forever and I love him. Like he's going to win. There is no doubt that he's Greenwald pretty much the, the he's, the, he's the he's the favorite. He was the number one seed from the beginning, but it's fun to go through that, uh, listen to that stuff. That's, that's that's my stuff. But I love the book. <laughs> love the book. Yeah. Thought that was a a needed. I like it's great to pick up something. You're like, wow, this was actually needed in the canon. So I loved it. Sounds awfully woke, but. I would get you. Yeah, in a good way. <laughs> in a good way. A little too uh. political for my taste. <laughs> now, the hottest book this week, the debut of Spider-Boy. Mm, Spider-Boy? Buzz, buzz about Spider-Boy? I, I had seen something, buzz. yeah. Uh, the They're doing the, the final, this is going to be the final Spider-Verse story, they say. Yeah, right. Uh, but all the spiders from all over the multiverse have been mm. around, and several people have been killed. They've been cut off from the web of life, and they finally figured a way to bring them back. So they start bringing back all the people who've been cut out of reality. And they restore this person, restore this person. They're like, wait, who's that? And then this spider boy showed up. He's like, hey, I'm spider boy. Thanks. Good to be back. They're like, who are you? He's like, I'm your buddy spider boy. I've been here. Kind of like the sentry, I think, is the idea. It's like he mm. was in continuity, mm. but he was yeah. at some point cut out. And they're like, we don't believe you. And so he runs away. He was literally in two panels of the book. Mm. But it was the hot one. People were buying multiple copies for the first appearance of Spider-Man. Yeah. So yeah. Get hmm. ready. They're going to get slabbed, and they're going to be on eBay very soon. Yep. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Oh, Anything, my. Cliff? Um... I finished up, uh, oh, not too long ago. Finally took like a year to finally get through that, that, uh, black label human target mm. book. Um, that I, you know, it was Tom King thought it was really good. Uh, it ended. 12, this is uh, yes. the series is over. Yes. Yeah. Were you 12. satisfied with the ending? Don't spoil it. I will not. Spoil you have it. it. Yeah. You have the series in issue form that you have it yeah, or bo- yeah, book. Did no, it come? I bought them all. Yeah. So yeah, I no, I, I really enjoyed it. The art was fabulous in it, um, in every every issue. And there uh there's even a one shot um of uh some back stuff. But um no, I thought it was really good. I I highly enjoyed it. Uh very sixties kind of art deco mid century modern um look to it. And, uh, of course it features the story features my favorite, the, you know, the eighties JLI crew and, uh, kind of each character almost has a, has an issue, um, with the human target and it's good. It sounds very, I got, I got to say guys, it sounds very identity crisis, (laughs) which is my fave. So yeah, yeah. I'd love the Batman issue. Yes. We're just through the whole thing. It's. I better turn left. No, Batman's going to know I'll turn left. So I better turn right. No, he'd know I'd turn right. Like, yeah. he's, he just becomes obsessed with you know, how far ahead Batman would understand everything he's going to do. But yeah, I really, you know, any, I'm a sucker for anything with that crew and, and, uh, you know, the oddballs and weirdo heroes, but, uh, you know, they, there's even an issue with Nord in it. And I mean, if 
you can get an issue with a Green Lantern named Nort that's kind of a dog man, I mean, you sold me. Hey, dog man, <laughs> that is a great segue. Oh my. Oh, uh, guess it's what time, time to find it out. Is. Well, it's time to find out the best-selling comics of yes. the last year. Like you came in the other day, and I was in the middle of it. I was talking about That's Marvel what you were sales. doing. Yeah, I kn- I thought maybe you'd know that it was winner and still champion. <laughs> the book scan numbers have been released. I've got charts. <laughs> oh, and oh, colored. Oh. All right. So I've been hyped about this all week. I'm so <laughs> excited. I will try to be brief. But uh, so this so all you can all go watch Tubi here in a minute. <laughs> this is better than Tubi. <laughs> all right, so for 20 years, this is the 20th annual report that retailer Brian Hibbs has compiled, and you can find all this on comicsbeat.com on his uh, his uh, article there. Um, we've done this for the last several years. This is book scan number. So this reflects actual sales made through bookstores. And that includes Amazon. Uh, so this is not comic shops. And this is not school libraries or book fairs or direct to consumer. So this is just, this is the most mainstream numbers we have in the comic industry. This is people who go, you know, who browse on Amazon, people who go do books a million. Yeah, you know, this is the mainstream reader who may not go to a comic shop. Uh, Diamond eliminated all their sales reports during the pandemic. They used to put out, here's the monthly top sellers. They don't do that anymore. So we literally have no data what is selling on the direct market. We, we don't know. There's guesses, there's estimates, but nobody has any idea because Diamond's not in great shape. So this is all we got. We got to look at these numbers. So what Brian does there are over 50,000 items. So we're just talking trade paperbacks. These are not individual issues. So 50,000 in this report. So he breaks it down to the top 750. So we have a ton of huge sellers at the top. And then it goes, you know, a very long tail, you know, who just sell a couple dozen copies. So, you know, it goes way down. So just big picture. Uh, last year, 2021. There was a huge spike. Uh, sales were up 68% with this pandemic. Everyone was shopping, you know, ordering mm. in books to read and puzzles and all that stuff. So there was a huge, huge growth. Uh, so there was barely any growth at all this year. Uh, so the growth was flat, but the sales, the sales were still there. So there was a 1% growth this year. So but still, to to even be one percent above that huge record spike is still pretty good. So that wasn't a sustainable <laughs> growth. Right, anything. right. So, uh, so shareholders yeah. aren't going to be happy. Right. So 2020, 18.2 million books sold. 2021, 30.7. This year, like 31. So it's it's we had a big jump, and we're just trying to sustain it. So. Uh, he puts out the top 20, and as we've talked about many times, it's nothing like what you see in a comic book store. When you think comic books, we think Marvel and DC superheroes. There isn't a Marvel or DC superhero in the top 250 
the top 250 comics sold to a mainstream audience contain no Marvel or DC heroes. All right. So put that put that in the, in your back pocket. Uh, so the top 20 there any fake 15, noodles in there. 15 of the top 20 are intended for kids or middle readers. The other five of the top 20 are manga. As always, manga blows English books out of the water. Um, so the whole, I said 50,000 items, but things are so skewed toward the top. So these top 20 comics, just the top 20 sold 5.3 million copies. That's 10% of everything sold. Just the top 20 were 10% of every book. So yeah, these, these top few blockbusters basically sustain the whole market. The profits that these bring in cover all those books that sell, you know, 25 copies. So uh, only 68 comics sold over 100,000 copies, which is up from 52 in 2021 and just 22 in 20. So again, sales are going up, but it's few. We're selling a lot of comics but a few varieties of them. And none of them are for the direct market. None of them were conceived, hey, let's do a comic and get it into comic stores. Like, we're not even thought of in the marketing <laughs> and the sales of these books. So, all right, of the top 100, 53 are manga, 41 were kids' books, and only six were American comics aimed at adults. Uh, Three of them were different versions of Mouse, which you remember was in the news a lot mm-hmm. in the last year, being challenged and and uh, yeah. you know, taken out of schools. And three of them were volumes of Lore Olympus, which is a webcomic, a modern retelling of the Greek gods Persephone and Hades. So it's a webcomic, has a huge online following, and so the print versions of that. So those three Mouse and three Lore Olympus are the only ones in the top 100. Uh, Dave Pilkey, our hero, creator of Dogman, has 65 comics in the chart, which includes Spanish translations and box sets and you know, reprints and things. So 19 books in the top 750 are his. 7% of all comics sold. So Dogman is still the champ. It, the numbers weren't quite as big as the years previous, but he is mm. still... He's losing ground, though. Com- He's all losing ground. comics sold. 7% are Dogman. And Cat Kid Comic Club. I was going to say, what about spots. Cat Kid? Yeah, that's the spinoff of Dogman. That actually outsold Dogman this year. The first three positions are Cat Kid Comic Club. Well, that's what I... Uh, uh, I know I bought a Cat Kid for my nephew this year because mm-hmm. he's already was had all the Dogman. So the rest of the top 20, there's Five Nights at Freddy. Babysitter's Club, Heartstopper, which was the, the that was the, a show uh, Netflix, yeah, turned yeah. into a Netflix show. So, and then several manga books. So, yeah, it's again hmm. just my, my point doing this every year is this, you know, the absurdity up, of yeah. We grew up in comic shops, and we think this is what the we're over here on Tubi. These people are out on Netflix. <laughs> yes, we are the Tubi of the comic industry. <laughs> So yeah, I will I will post the the bar graph, but that gray splotch forty percent is scholastic. Mm. 
they they are uh, they are the number one publisher in the world by far. They only have 520 titles. So that's not a ton. 520 books make up 40% of the market. And so the next, the top five, are not people you think of as comic publishers. Penguin Random House, HarperCollins, Holtzbrink, Andrews McMeal. These are traditional booksellers who understood, wow, there's a rabid audience for young readers' books, and they are the top five comic publishers in the world. So if Scholastic's at 40, DC is at six, Marvel is at four. So we're at single digits for you know, what we call the big two. So in the big scheme of things, DC came in at number six. They had 20 titles in the top 750, which is half of what they had two years ago. Uh, the top seller, any guesses for DC's top seller this year? Based on a property that became a TV show. I'm blanking. TV show. Sandman. Sandman. Sandman trade were the top sellers. Uh, I can prove that. Uh, the number two DC book was Batman Year One because they that was the one most associated with the film. Yes. You know, the gritty noir. So that was the highest superhero title on the charts at 257. Jeez. So the best-selling Batman book on the planet was ranked 257. Uh, the rest of their chart was all almost all Batman comics, Batman Fortnite, Long Halloween, Killing Joke, Batman Who Laughs, Hush, Dark Knight Returns, Court of Owls. So it's all the classics, uh, mm. I'm sure boosted by the film. Uh, they had Watchmen and V for V for Vendetta in their top twenty, like their perennials. Uh, they had a, another. They have a lot of the young adult books too. Uh, Beast Boy loves Raven and like some of those middle grade, but they they do very good for DC. But they don't, you know, compared to the other young readers books on this list, they do not. Uh, so number seven publisher was IDW. Up from number 10, thanks mainly to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. That hardcover sold a lot, 66,000 copies, so that bumped IDW up. Uh, number 10 was Dark Horse Comics, and they have a ton of properties. Minecraft, Stranger Things, Critical Role, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Like They have a lot of really popular stuff, uh, so they're, they're number 10. Number 13, Image Comics. Only had five titles in the top 750. You know, image, you think that's the book that, that that's what should be selling in a bookstore, right? That's the you know the, the mature you know mainstream book. Yeah, so, yeah the, the number one number one was the Invincible Compendium TV tie-in. Yes, yes. Uh, number two was the new Saga volume, mm. and then the rest was. Three Invincible, four Invincible, five Walking Dead. So again, it's it's what people recognize from other sources. It's not the well, the it's the tail wagging the dog. Like it's mm -hmm. the comics aren't leading you to these shows. The shows are leading to the comics. So, um, and there are a bunch of companies that just had one book in the top seven hundred fifty. Boom had Berserker, the Keanu Reeves mm -hmm. book in the top seven fifty. Uh, Dynamite had the Boys Omnibus Volume One. It's been a perennial seller since the show came out. And Oni Press had Gender Queer, which was the most banned book of the year. 
So that, mm. that, that makes it one of the best sellers always. Right. And then way at the bottom of the list to end this all out, Marvel Comics, who rule the bookstores, or rule the comic bookstores, rule pop culture. When you think of comic books, the majority of the planet now thinks about the Avengers and Iron Man and Spider-Man. I think a dog they, man. They cannot sell comics in the mainstream. They had 5,000 different titles in stock at bookstores and placed one book in the top 750. Spider-Man something. Nope. I don't know. Moon Knight. What? Moon Knight by Jeff Lemire. In the looked like the costume from the show with the yeah. hood and the suit. Number 483 top seller this year. Moon Knight by Jeff Lemire sold 17,000 copies. The only other two books sold over 10,000 were both Moon Knight comics. And number four was Ms. Marvel sold 8,000. So stuff that was on Disney Plus just barely made them a blip on the radar. So the, the big thing he points out is there were four other publishers that Marvel licensed with that outsold Marvel. So Viz did a Deadpool manga, sold 74,000 copies. Scholastic did a Miles Morales book, 42,000 copies. Abrams did this uh, Alex Ross Fantastic Four graphic novel, hardcover, $50 book, 16,000 copies. Then Penguin Random House did the, they started these Penguin Classics. They put out Black Panther, Fantastic Four. They, so Penguin Classics, Amazing Spider-Man sold 14,000 copies. So this is like the first 20 issues of Spider-Man, the, the, the old school, original right. 60s stuff. Marvel publishes that exact same stuff in the Mighty Marvel Masterworks format as a $16 book. They publish it as the Epic Collection, a $45 trade paperback. Only sold 1,800 copies of that. They sell a $125 omnibus version of Spider-Man. Only sold 1,600 copies. So how does another publisher outsell? You have three other versions of the same book, and some other publisher smoked you in sales. And Brian, quote, says, It seems significant to me that Marvel is the worst publisher for Marvel Comics. If everyone can do better than you selling your characters, it makes you wonder why you're still in the publishing business. So something is horribly wrong at the mainstream side of the fence, where all the real money is. So Marvel's doing great in the comic shop, selling lots of variant covers, selling lots of first appearances of Spider-Boy, but something is off in the in the uh, the real world. And it has yeah, been I don't for a get while. It. So I do not. I've never understood this. They're, they're, I don't know if they're not trying or just are not succeeding. I'm not sure. But I, reading all this stuff about uh, Ike Perlmutter getting fired, there was some little thing I had not seen before where it said Ike famously didn't understand the importance of backstock to a publisher and didn't allow any to be kept on hand, which illuminated such a thing for uh, for. I've been in business almost 18 years, and it is constant. When an Iron Man movie comes out, all the Iron Man stuff's out of print. Guardians of the Galaxy, what's available? Uh, Not too much. So it's like Ike was too cheap to keep stuff in print and keep it available. And I'm sure that has something to do with missing out on opportunities by by not having the books people want. 
they stop looking for them eventually. But right. I don't know. I don't know if that has anything to do with this big picture. But I don't know. I I will post the link to this. It is a very very long and involved article with lots of graphs and lots of numbers, and I love every bit of it. But that that's the overall scope of this is that these world of comic books and graphic novels is they're very two very different worlds <laughs> the one i live every day is completely different from what uh mainstream america is buying in their bookstores and clicking on amazon.com so it's crazy and it's still dogman's world and we're all just living in it <laughs> yeah i i I like that every year. Like, hear about this craziness. Well, I think we did it. I'm exhausted, but I will still talk about this. Anyone that comes in the shop, I will gladly (laughs) tell you all this stuff. (laughs) Like I was doing the other day. Ask me about Dogman. Yes. (laughs) I sold a Dogman today. The brand new one just came out. I bet. It's like the, uh, it's the new... Drew, what was that called? The droopy kid or something? What are they called? Wimpy kid. Wimpy kid. I <laughs> the droopy remember. kid. I know I had to buy all this brick of books for my <laughs> my son. And I, I don't think they ever stopped making more and more and more of them. <laughs> Diary of a wimpy kid. That's right. Yeah. Shoot, he's yeah, in the you... uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade now. They got a big balloon. Yeah, you just you own a character like Spider-Man that is so uni- it's the most universally recognized character, one of the top five in the world. And people are buying Dog Man because they literally can't. They don't. Yeah. Uh, they just. I, it's, what is up? Yeah. What does it matter with the world? And it's great. I mean, the sales numbers are. I'm glad people are reading comics. Like that's a good thing. And mm. None of this is a complaint. I'm glad, especially. I'm glad there's a ton of kids' books that are cool and kids are into and are really excited yes. to read. Yeah. It's just none of them <laughs> to start the characters that uh, we all grew up with. Right. I think if I were to, you know, have the thought of, Hey, I wanted to start up my own comic book shop. I think I would name it scholastic comic. <laughs> <laughs> the book yeah. Bring your lunch money fair. in kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, book fair. <laughs> Scholastic book fair. I would find some of those old racks. Yes. Yeah, I'd find some of those on eBay or something and fill the whole store with those Scholastic <laughs> racks. Man, I used to love Scholastic Day. <laughs> All right, that's the comic book world. That's the pop culture world. And that's it for us, a Kapow world. Thank you for listening. Check out our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Check out our socials. Check out a comic book store. Just go into a comic book store and see what's happening. Maybe on free comic book day. Yeah, free comic book yeah. day. What could go wrong? Nothing. Yeah, maybe there's a dog man. good this year. There's yeah. a free comic book dog man. All right, we will see you soon. My name's Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Bye forever. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. 
All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show Kapow, the pop culture podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash KPP for special content and access to Patreon-only benefits. We are grateful for anyone who chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will remain free. So please continue to like, comment, and share.